What's up, soccer players? On this episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience, we'll be talking about knee tendonitis and what you as a player can do to hopefully prevent this injury, but if you end up getting it, to help you with your treatment. So, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important? If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? Bro, how you know, like I was telling you, I was on a week vacation. I was supposed to get my beauty rest, but that didn't happen. I got a dog, and uh, it's my first time getting a dog in the U.S. Um, when I was in Haiti, I had dogs, but this is like this is completely different. Oh like, yeah, them Haitian dogs—they're different, bro. Dude, <laughs> Haitian dogs are independent. They can—they're they, resourceful. You know, they come to you sometime when like it's a dire situation where it's like there's no food and then they rely on you. But usually, you know, they can find their own food. Mm. Now, man, the dog, the U.S. dogs are like completely dependent on on me. Uh, that dog follows me around everywhere. I have to feed it twice a day, take him out to pee. Bro, it's it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. <laughs> it it is. It. It's like I'm training a toddler, man. This is mm. crazy. How about you, man? How, how's your week been? Doing good, man. Um, my team, New Jersey Teamsters, we're, we're rolling along with our, our trial period. It's almost over. So, um, team's looking good so far. Most I can't of them believe are... you still, you guys are still after the season started. No, nah, our, our season officially starts in, in March. In March, mm. that'll be the start of our season. So, um, they're, they're looking pretty good. They're looking pretty good. A few more roster tweaks and we'll be on our way dealing with any injury yet because it's usually oh of course oh, of yeah. course <laughs> yeah. it's usually yeah. when you start seeing because there's a lot of training involved and people start to get injured during uh, the preseason stage yeah i mean we we had our rush the first few weeks it's certainly calmed down since then um but yeah we're, we're looking good right now most of the players are healthy and um just happy that they are healthy because that means they can play yeah it's good yeah, so today's episode, we're talking knee tendonitis, uh, a very common problem in soccer players. Yeah. Um, I guess we can just start out by describing what it is and also what it isn't, because a lot of players think that, oh, if my knee hurts, I have tendonitis, where mm, it no. may, like, it's, it doesn't always work that way, right? No, no, no. Usually, knee tendonitis is kind of specific. There is a, if you're looking at the anatomy of, of, um, the, the knee, you have the kneecap, and then underneath the kneecap, the kneecap is connected to your, uh, how I would say, your tendon. And usually, for whatever reason, uh, that that tendon can be really painful. And usually, what I see is the 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 spot that hurts is like right underneath, right 
un, like not under that in the inferior pole of the of the kneecap is what's hurting and you get it with any activity that load up the knee hiking going down the stairs sitting down keeping your knee bent for too long usually going down the stairs usually worse um any loading activity like running and then coming to a stop changing direction any activity that load on the knee will make that thing really angry and that's 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 usually what when when patient come and start describing those symptoms and how they get that knee pain. And they usually, they have no pain when they are at rest. Usually those subscriptions will tell you, hmm, I think this is, they, they're describing patella tendonitis here. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you did a really good job of explaining exactly where it is. So if you guys, if you, if you want to go through this right now, everybody close your eyes, right? And feel, actually open your eyes. Um, feel your kneecap for me, right? And you can feel the top of it coming around the sides. And then you kind of get to the bottom where it gets a little bit more spongy, mm-hmm. right? Between that part there, and if you kind of go down your leg a little bit more, you're going to feel like a big bump on the top of your shin. That little part right there, that's the area we're talking about where it feels pretty tender after any sort of activity where you load the knee. Um, so that's the one area in particular we're really talking about with knee tendonitis. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's usually the, the prognosis for this is, is kind of crazy. Cause I I've seen some people who, um, get rid of this within a month and I've seen people, oh my God, like they take forever. Like I have one lady that I was, that I was treating, she took the whole summer to get better. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's very hard because you have to strengthen the tendon and the muscle, mm-hmm. but you also can't underdo it where you give too little exercise and you can't overdo it. Yeah, because that's, that's usually what I run into. Pain. People are overdoing it, yeah. overdoing it. Like I have knee pain. What should I do? Um, have you tried resting? No, I can't. I got, I got a game coming. I'm training like two days a week, two days a week. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's going to take you a while to get better. Exactly. Exactly. And you look at, um, cases almost like Kawhi Leonard, um, of the, of the Clippers. That's what he has. Yeah. That's what he had. That's what he, Oh my God. So yeah. load, the load management has been going on for like two years. Yeah, and you know what? It, I feel like now he might be getting it a little bit under control. But um, just for the listeners out there, Kawhi Leonard, he was about a year and a half, two years ago, always basketball player for, for the Clippers. He would play a few games, take a few games off, play a few games, take a few days off. And he was going back and forth, flying around the countries, going seeing doctors. And eventually what happened was like, he got diagnosed with knee tendonitis tendinopathy oh my god i thought he had something else yeah but I here's he the had thing like some crazy back pain and he needed to to manage uh, load up the training in order to not exacerbate it but it's the same principle regardless yeah yeah you look at him and you say can you afford to take two to three weeks off for this pain to come down Mm. And the answer for an athlete like that will always no. be no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> that is not an option. So star of the team, come on, yeah, you can't do that. You've got to play. And so in cases like that, it's like, okay, I'm going to play until it hurts. And then when it hurts, I'll manage it. 
And that's why he's doing the whole load management thing now because it's the best option for him to play as often as possible. Uh, See, now I don't feel, I don't feel, um, now I feel a little bad for him um, because he's been getting a lot of criticism in the media about load management. Oh, LeBron will never take a load management, Um, some load management time. You know, it's the playoff. Um, and I, and I kept hearing about it without knowing his diagnosis and now it makes sense. And now I understand, I understand the, the players too, sometimes who, you know, they have major tournament coming up and they just starve the team. They count on it. They, they, it's like the, the, the only win to, to miss during this game and they need to play. And when you come to your coach and you tell your coach, listen, you need to rest because, if you don't rest, this is going to get worse. The coach is going to look at you like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I, we need to win this this game. Yeah, yeah. And then the coach is saying, he played last week. You're telling me now he can't? Yeah. And next week he can? Like, what's going on here? Is he healthy? Is he not? And it's tough. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not, it's not as black and white, man. With, with, yeah. with this, it's like, it's a management. Because the thing is, like you were saying, you know, sometimes it gets better and sometimes it's worse. And the thing that makes it worse is extreme loading exercises. Think about it as when well, we talk about this before right? in, 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 in strength training, like your body has a certain capacity. Let's say your knee has a certain capacity that it can deal with. As long as it doesn't go past that capacity, then you'll be fine. The sweet, the idea is you have to find that sweet spot where it's like the, 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 the actual, you know, the, the appropriate uh, uh, training load for it. Mm-hmm. You, you got to find that sweet spot. And for, for most players, it's, it's, it's very hard to, to find it. Yeah. And some things that really are, are more soccer specific that take up that load are things like sprinting, not so much, really more of stopping, yeah, the, changing the deceleration. direction, deceleration. That's huge on the knee. Um, kicking. That's also going to be obviously mm-hmm. big on the knee and Honestly, that's that's pretty much it. But you know, you look at soccer; it's a lot of kicking, it's a lot it's of changes lot of in direction. In direction, yeah. So it's it's tough for a soccer player to to deal with this. Very very tough. Now you talk about treatment. Now, how do you? Well, I, I talk about well the initial phase. Let's say a soccer player comes to you; he's been dealing with patellar tendonitis for I'd say like. A month can't get rid of it you know what's gonna be how you're gonna approach this and we can go back and forth into how we would do it yeah um first look at for athletes i i always like to look at the calendar um just because if they've been dealing with it for a month Mm -hmm. and they they have a championship game next week and they're the star midfielder or striker or whatever and they want to play like i'm going to make sure it's safe but if they're able to continue going through it then go through it Mm -hmm. um if if we can ideally the best thing to do is to take an initial rest period that way the tendon and the quad can really just calm down and get you out of a state of pain Mm -hmm. now now we're talking rest period how long how long are you thinking because i I try some, sometime I have my player try to resting for like the first three days just to get the information to calm down, take some, yeah. 
take some anti-inflammatory medication as they're resting. Um, but you know, sometimes it doesn't always work. Like they'll find some low, low training to do, like juggling the ball, doing yeah. drills. Yeah, <laughs> like it's tough yeah. to get those players who just rest. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's very tough because they're like, I don't want to lose my touch, I don't want to lose my fitness, but why do you want to be fit so you can play? So, I mean, light technical training, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, it's not easy on the knee. It's no, easy it's on your lungs. It's easy on your heart in terms of cardiovascularly, but it's not easy on the knee. Um, but yeah, like you said, maybe three, four days just to allow the, the muscle to, to calm down. So that way, when you go back to playing or you start your, your initial rehab process, you're not in a state of pain because it's something we want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm looking at the notes here. It's very interesting. You got isometric. After the initial resting phase, you want the players to start doing some isometric exercise. Yeah, yeah. So I um, read some research and a few articles. Um, they're, they're a strong advocate for making sure that you don't skip any steps and you're very mm-hmm. gradual in your progression because just like we want to avoid big jumps of playing on the field and, and loading the knee, you want to avoid big jumps in terms of adding additional phases of your rehab. So the isometric phase, which are exercises like wall squats, Spanish squats, um, simple exercises where you're pushing, but you're not actually moving. Mm-hmm. It allows the muscles to activate, but it also doesn't really stress the joint at all because you're just staying still. And isometric yeah, exercises so help a little point, bit yeah. with um, decreasing pain too. Yeah. So that's another thing that they're good for. Yeah, I use that a lot initially, like the first, I would say like the first three to four days of, first three to four, first three to four session of rehab, just um, to kind of like calm things down a bit. And uh, as well as maintaining some level of strength in the knee as we go into that rehab process. Uh, but for the most part, like my, I, it's a buying process. You know, I have to explain to the, to, to the athletes, like, this is why we're doing this in the first, cause they want to jump into like the bread and butter right away. Yeah. You yep. know, what's funny. It's the, the, the research suggests that eccentric concentric exercise, specifically eccentric exercise. It's, it's what's going to be the most beneficial with patella tendonitis, but <laughs> the research doesn't tell you is once that thing is, pissed off you're not gonna start with eccentric exercise by eccentric i mean like exercise where you're lowering like let's say you're doing a squat and then you you go down into a squat as slow as possible now this is the best way to treat patella tendonitis based on what the research say but the thing is before you can get to that phase you have to hit other phase because it's it's if you do that on the first day of rehab it's gonna make things even worse yep up and think of it this way if if your knee is pissed off you probably set yourself a week behind at minimum every time you either don't do your rehab or you overdo it in terms of strengthening now you have to do that initial rest phase again Hmm. allow it to calm down because you can't keep on building on top of pain um so that's why it's very important to really trust the process and in the few cases where I've had where the rehab it. has been a little bit extended, it's mostly because of that. 
And that's the, what I see with, with, with most athletes whenever they're dealing with um, jumpers, knee or patella tendonitis. They just can't seem to find the right dose of exercise. They're always overdoing it. Always overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Now, the next phase we have um, heavy resistance training. So you've done your rest period. You've done your isometrics to help decrease the pain. Now we're going to really start to strengthen mm-hmm. the muscle. Um, and the best way, like you said, Berg, to, to really do that is to um, focus a lot on eccentrics. But again, make sure we have a, a solid base before we get mm-hmm. into the eccentrics because, it, again, we don't want to piss it off. So right. Even the eccentric part is kind of eccentric um, phase of that rehab. It, it, it's it, it's kind of tricky in itself as well because – one of the things that I stress with, you know, the athletes when, whenever they're doing rehab is we're not scared of pain. If you do this exercise, you have pain. It's okay. As long as the pain is minimal to moderate. If it's mm-hmm. so you start doing, you do two sets and then next thing you know, this, this thing is like really pissed off. It's like a, like an eight out of 10, then it's counterproductive. But if you're doing it, you're getting like a three, four, five out of 10 pain. That's okay. We can deal with that. That's the first thing you have to, especially when you start doing eccentric stuff. Because you're going to think, oh, my God, Arrogance is coming back. You know, had had no issue with isometrics, and now it's flaring up again. No, not necessarily. It's, it's going to be some pain, but as long as it's minimal to moderate, we, we can work with that. Now, the other thing with eccentric training, too, is there's, there's phases to it, too, uh, which I learned <laughs> by treating a couple of people. So you have to start with um, the right height. Let's say let's – Best example I can give you is like let's let's say you're doing a squat, right? To rehabilitate your your patella tendon. You're doing a squat. Okay. So you get eight out of ten pain when you go like when you go three quarter of the way. Okay. All right, let's start with a quarter of the way. Oh, you have there's no pain with a quarter of the way? Okay, perfect. Let's go a little deeper. Oh, only when you get halfway through, that's when you start to feel a little minimal, like moderate pain. All right, now we're going to stay there for like the next two or three sessions. And then for homework, when you do the squat, this is why I want you to stay. And then you build up from there. Once you get there, you're able to do a squat halfway through with no pain. Then let's start doing this. Let's, let's go a little bit deeper. Now, I know some people are not going to agree with me here because um, there's different philosophy as to like what's a real squat. Is it like halfway? Is it like uh, is it like you have to ask to grasp? That's that's a different discussion. But the more if you can get halfway through with no pain, then let's go. Let's move on deeper. And if we can get deep with no pain, then you progress now to like um, a, a method of squat that's put a lot of stress on the knee like squat with like um with your with your heels up with you know what i'm saying right in, mm-hmm. in slanted position that really puts stress on that knee so you're training it because not only you want to train um not only to get back to uh prior level function but you also want to train with rehab to be a little bit stronger than before yeah yeah that's the number one thing because Becoming stronger, like we talked about earlier, how much capacity is in your knee, strength training is going to increase your capacity. So that's that's the number one thing we're looking for. And also, um, you made a good point with the soreness, right, or, or the yeah. pain during exercise. Yeah, we're okay with mild to moderate pain. 
um, be mindful of it during the exercise, but also the day after. Oh yeah. Because a lot of the times that's when you'll feel it the most. And if you feel like, man, it was a little bit too high, um, the day after training, then that's another clue for you. Okay. Next time I'll dial it back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's, it's an, so there's an art to this too. It's, it's like, you know, the therapist knows the, the, the program, but at the same time, we will need your help to figure out, all right, is this an appropriate dose for you based on how you respond? And the, the only way to know how you respond is to get an, if for you to be honest with yourself and, and figure out how much pain you, you're in after doing the exercise. If you lie about it and say there's no pain, then it's, 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 it's going to take longer. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, and finally, once you got your strength up, start to work mm-hmm. <clears throat> on plyometrics, yep. which is also tough because now you're taking all the strength that you gained and instead of using it over a period of three to four seconds and let's say a squat, you're using it in half a second, like a change mm-hmm. in direction. So this is also another slow process another where we slow process. work on absorbing force and producing it quickly and then throwing in ball work with it and then doing that under fatigue and then testing your capacity with all it's tough. It's really hard to do. Yeah. That's why, you know, Andy, when, when someone messaged me on Instagram saying, um, you know, they, they need, they need help with patellotendinitis. What's the best exercise. And (laughs) at times, you know, it's like, there there is no best exercise. And even if it was a best exercise, that best exercise need to be those appropriately because yeah. if you how much weight you need to put in the beginning uh at what at what range you need to be able to do it it's is it's it's all it's not a it's not black and white no it's like, it's, no. It's, like it's there's different levels to this mm-hmm. and people get mad that i can't give them a simple answer because it's really not simple uh, yeah <laughs> sadly yeah i just told you there's a person i treated who spent the whole summer Mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. with patella it's not because the rehab wasn't working it's because every time we finish rehab she'll go home and start gardening <laughs> <laughs> deep squat for like an hour <laughs> so true true and it's it's almost like you know walking to the, walking into your doctor's office yeah saying i'm sick what's the best medicine and then walking out and then being mad when the doctor doesn't send you any medicine. Well, he did like, what do you want him to do? Like you didn't give him any information, but of all of the injuries, knee tendonitis, I feel like when most people hear it, they, oh, it's not that serious. little rest, little, you're good. Um, this is up there. And if you're dealing with this, I highly recommend that you, you see a physio to help you with this because this is not like, an ankle sprain where, you know, seven to 10 days you could play on it. You'll be mostly 80, 90% good. Um, or like a knee knock or anything like, like this is serious. This is, if you got this, you you could be playing. I don't like to, to like provoke pain or or fear into people, but this is serious. Like this is not a, because it it, it can, it it can linger. I look, if you just told me a world-class athletes, two time NBA, um, champion is dealing with this for the past two years what's funny what's impressive that he won a championship 
yeah, under yeah. With, with him doing load management for his for his knee. So it's just to tell you just how long it can last, especially yeah. when you when you're a world class athlete and you, you again pay the big bucks. Yeah, and just to tell you how serious it is, it was embedded in his contract. The load oh, management really? was in his contract. Yeah, so. Listen, if it's serious enough that the agents are worried about it, then you should be too. Yeah. Yeah, because basketball is a a jumping activity. You know, he's jumping to take a shot, jumping for a layup, you know, for a dunk. Changing direction. It's especially... You're not you on a you on a you on a basketball floor. You're not on carpets or turf. So the impact on the knee is is, is several times full. Yep, and you're not sleeping. You're flying across the country every day. It's tough. It's it tough. Is. But now, I hope before we, we let's talk about some other things that um, may or may not help. Um, because um, you know, I've 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 had patient who come to me. And uh, they had it before, and they were treated, and he got better, and then he came. And then uh, patients like, he said, um, I need you to tape this for me. The last time we did it, the taping helped. Have you gotten, have you gotten a couple of those? Um, not, yet, not yet, but I'm expecting to. Um, very, very, if for, for some cases, it, it might help a little bit. And this one here absolutely not like it's it's just not going to because in my opinion if you give them the tape at that point you're giving them a false sense of security well sometimes that's why i i fall into this this um this practice where uh the patient feels like it helps i put it on but of course i have to tell the patient that listen this by itself is not gonna it's not gonna do it. Like we need yeah. to do the, the the bread and butter, but they still want it anyway. It's like, yeah. yeah, when you put that thing on me the other day, oh, I went home and oh, feel it felt a lot better. It's like, okay, okay, could be placebo, but hey, listen, yeah. if you feel a lot better with this, let's put it on. But you know, tell you, I need you to stay away from this activity for now and mm-hmm. keep coming to PT because we're not out of the wood. Yeah, we're not out of the woods yet. If it's something that helps them. Sh- stick to the plan then by all means it could be helpful but as long as they understand that what we were talking about earlier with the capacity of the knee it doesn't change that at all it doesn't make it better it doesn't make it worse um so yeah that's that's pretty much it on that okay now what about because i've been doing some research before the podcast and it seems like people had some good outcome you know, with, with, with surgery. That's when it becomes really bad and conservative treatment, physical therapy and all the other stuff is not working. Then patient usually opt for surgery. I've never treated a person who had uh, patella tendonitis surgery, but it seems like the research says, um, you know, there's good outcomes. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not too familiar with it. I'm not exactly sure what they would do for it. Yeah, I don't know what they would do for it either. Um, I do know that sometimes um, with tendinopathies of the elbow, um, there are some procedures that surgeons do almost like um, similar to dry needling where they, they want to restart the inflammatory process of whatever is going on down there. So they kind of 
sounds weird, it sounds bizarre, but poke a bunch of holes in it. That way, more blood flow comes to it and it restarts the whole entire process. Um, maybe that's what they do for the knee, too. I honestly I don't, don't know. know. I don't know, but they said you know, they, they, they find some good outcome with, with that surgery. No, yeah, I mean, if it works, it works, but it's a long process. Yeah, that's it's it's kind of like all I had. I mean, I I hope we 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 did a decent job at explaining the 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 actual process of the rehab. Obviously, we're not gonna tell you everything because it it would be impossible to tell you step by step or not to rehabilitate a knee patellar on a podcast. But hopefully, what we said give you a general idea on you know. What going into um your rehab yeah yeah and i hope you guys enjoyed the episode and after listening to all that you hopefully understand why we can't tell you everything because if you're looking for something specific to you then you're going to need to talk to somebody um in person so they can learn about you so yeah uh, yeah that's pretty much it all right so guys, don't forget to give us a five-star review, which people have been doing because I checked the review. It says five, five out of five. Really? Hold yeah. up, hold up. Let's let's find out who they are so we could give a, a quick little. I'm gonna pull it up right now. We can give a shout out to these people because they're giving us five-star reviews. Let me look no, it up no right name now. Name was left, but the the rating jumped, which is good. Let's good. see what we got here. I'm oh, looking by the right way, um, you know, I, your team lost, caught an L yesterday. Listen, huh? we're not talking about that. <laughs> we're caught not an L yesterday, man. Yo, what's up with Griezmann, man? Yo, he does not fit in. <laughs> he doesn't fit. He does it. He oh really does. He touched the ball once yesterday. Oh, once. my God. Like, I'm watching. I was like, wait, wasn't the Griezmann the high rate worker striker that was in atletico madrid doing all the dirty work defensive work off field i couldn't i didn't see that guy at all i did nope. not see that guy at all nope he looks lost wow. it's amazing what gone. loss of confidence do yeah yeah it's not like he lost all the skills it's just my god man. he balls out for france <laughs> balls out for friends and come to the squad and it's like the mental yeah, yeah, mental breakdown just like got rid of all these skills. Yeah, it's like you letting the 19 year old play your position and scoring. Yeah, yeah, and took his spot on the squad. Took his spot. My god, yeah, for sure. Dang, 21 ratings though. Let's go. Love to hear it. Thanks, guys. Who wants to be number 22? Please help us out with a five star review and leave your name so we can shout you out too. Yes, please. All right, that's a wrap. All right, we'll see you all next week. Peace.